0: So the story of the prodigal son is one of the most recognizable in the entire Bible. We all know the details. A rich father had two sons. The younger asked his father for his share of the inheritance, left his father's house, wasted his money on uh, riotous living, and became so destitute that he found himself hungry for pig food. This son eventually humbled himself and returned home. He knew he had sinned, and he hoped that his father would at least treat him like one of his hired servants. His father did no such thing. When he saw his son in the distance, he ran to to him and embraced him. The father ordered his servants to bring fresh clothes and shoes and prepare a meal of celebration. Why? Because his son was lost and now was found a son that he thought was dead, returned home alive. Much like the parables of the lost sheep and lost coin in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus used the parable of the prodigal son to teach an important lesson about the grace of God and the mercy that he shows to all who would turn from their sin and trust in him. It is such a powerful story about repentance and forgiveness and reconciliation that the term prodigal son is commonly used whenever anyone leaves an organization on bad terms and later returns after mending fences. Think of LeBron James, right? Son of Akron, Ohio, who unceremoniously left the Cleveland Cavaliers to go to the Miami Heat, uh, which some of you may have appreciated, uh, given where we are. (laughs) and then return to help his hometown team win their first and only NBA championship. It warms the heart to see a child reconcile with his parents after straying from their values and principles that they instilled in him. But what do we do when the prodigal in question is a father? What happens to a culture when large numbers of men have exited the workforce and spend their days high on drugs and hooked on porn? What happens to a country when men trade the nuclear family and multi-generational legacy for intentional co-parenting and multiple partner fertility? What happens to women and children when men discharge their God-given responsibility to provide for their offspring onto an ever-expanding all pair state that is more than willing to take up residence and exercise authority in their home. We know what happens because we see the results all around us. At worst, a wasteful son will cause his parents heartache. Proverbs 10.1 says, A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Prodigal fathers, on the other hand, leave children and their mothers vulnerable, both to poverty and the predations of other men. Put simply, absent men make women and children left safe and secure. This is why you see multiple references to God's care and concern for widows and orphans in the scriptures. On average, men are larger and stronger and more aggressive than our female counterparts. This is why we build structures and fight wars. It's also why we have carried the weight of providing for our wives and children on our shoulders, both figuratively and literally since the beginning of time. But our prodigal father problem goes far beyond physical abandonment. As was the case in the garden, too many men have stood silent as serpents engage in dialogue with their wives about God's created order. I have a tremendous amount of respect for the women who run groups like Moms for Liberty but it should not be up to women and children to man the front lines of the culture war. Teenage girls shouldn't have to have have their faces blacked out and voices distorted in order to criticize Leah Thomas, the male U-Penn swimmer who won an NCAA Women's Championship earlier this year. If Richard Levine, excuse me, sorry, Admiral Rachel Levine, excuse me, wants to believe that he's a woman, that's his right. But when he and the activists that power the trans lobby want to make hysterectomies, double mastectomies, and penile inversions for confused kids, federal policy, there should be an army of fathers waiting for them and willing to stand up to his delusions. Characterizing castration and mutilation as gender affirming care is the big lie conservative politicians and pundits should spend most of their time fighting to stop. If not, we will have a generation of Franken kids with mangled bodies and scarred minds who will hate the adults who allowed this madness to happen. So, how do we get so many prodigal fathers? That's a good question. One factor has been the decades-long demonization of men from politicians, academics, activists, and corporations who believe that oppressing men is the most fundamental desire, oppressing women, excuse me, is the most fundamental desire of men. These people see the decline of men's educational attainment, workforce participation, wages, cultural and political influence, as net benefits for the sisterhood. The net effect has been mass demoralization and, mas- and emasculation of the American male. College students in 2016 needed coloring books and comfort animals to deal with uh, the results of an election that they didn't agree with. And now grown men speak in the language of personal therapy, references to trauma caused by minor disputes, abound in our political discourse. Prodigal fathers seeking their own safety and security have made the world more dangerous for women and children. Look no further than the the mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas to see this reality in action. The shooter was a disaffected and disconnected teen male who spent too much time online and not enough time with two loving parents who were committed to his well being. He cared so little about, about his own life that he was willing to take the lives of innocent children and teachers. But there's also a lesson to be learned from the indecisiveness and cowardice of the police officers who stood in the hallway for far too long while a crazed killer executed women and children. One officer had the presence of mind to get some hand sanitizer but I can assure him that no amount of Purell will erase a guilty conscience. This is the vision of manhood C.S. Lewis described in the abolition of man. He said, in a sort of ghastly simplicity, we remove the organ and demand the function. We make men without chests and expect of them virtue and enterprise. We laugh at honor and are shocked to find traitors in our midst. We castrate and bid the geldings fruitful. We need to completely do away with gelded conservatism, the type of ideology in which right-leaning organizations and leaders complain about the left's imposition of cultural orthodoxy then capitulate to its demands. What does gelded conservatism look like? It is Fox News. See, this is the problem when when you go digital and don't do your own notes. Sometimes a computer will skip on you, but it's all good. It is Fox News running a puff piece during Pride Month, celebrating a teenage girl who transitioned to a boy at five years old. The segment had all the requisite euphemisms that you've come to expect from the left, including the standard, I'd rather a living son than a dead daughter. That line is strategically deployed for maximum emotional effect. The only difference was the pro America packaging that you're used to seeing on conservative media. So, I know what you're all thinking. How do we move forward? The most logical question to ask when someone is not where they're supposed to be is always the same Where is he? So, we should get used to asking the question, Where is his father, out loud and often? We should ask it every time we read a news story about a teenager committing a serious violent crime, whether murder or carjacking. We should ask it every time we see a video on on TikTok with a blue-haired mother uh, swearing up and down that her son has known that he's a girl since the time he was born. And we should have asked it the moment we realized that BLM's black families and black villages guiding principles failed to use the words man, father, or husband, but highlighted the need to disrupt the nuclear family. We shouldn't just ask important questions. We should also promote important principles to the next generation of men. One is the success sequence that shows young adults who finish school Get a job and have kids after they marry, have a single digit chance of being in poverty by their mid 30s. We need to give young men a sense that they have some agency over their future and provide a clear sense of their duties, responsibilities, and obligations as men. Conservatives need to stop talking and thinking like the left when it comes to matters of family. We need to reconnect marriage and the natural family and make it crystal clear that men are responsible for the children that they create, not the federal government. I've said it before, the government is a terrible husband and an absent father because it has way too many households to support. So if some people want Big Daddy Corn Pop to be their dad, That's their choice. I say no thank you. So this needs to be a core guiding principle of of conservative family policy moving forward, reiterated and reinforced at every turn in our politics and culture through the pen, the purse, and the pulpit. All of these things need to be grounded in an acknowledgement that men and women were created by God, equal in dignity and worth, but different in form and function. God's God's design for male and female is a blessing of divine providence. Our bodies literally fit together like a hand in a glove to propagate the human species. God designed men to worship him, love and lead their wives, raise and train their children, and leave something of value to their descendants. The stakes could not be higher. Why? Because the Overton window has moved right in front of our children's bedrooms. From abortion on demand through nine months to the transgender craze. A key part of conservatism moving forward is to keep the barbarians at bay, which means we need all hands on deck. My hope is that the women who lost a mate, is that the woman who lost a mate, the daughter who lost a model, and the son who lost a mentor when men left their positions in their homes, will all welcome men back with open arms in the spirit of forgiveness and reconciliation. And I also pray that every man who was a prodigal today would stay in his rightful place for his good and the security of his family and children. Thank you.